Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this victory that we have through Jesus, through the gift of your son, that we don't fight for the victory in this life, but we fight from it. And there is a peace and an assurance that can't be shaken because of it. We thank you for this in your son's name. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, church. All right, that's better. We're getting there. Happy Baptism Sunday to you. Two times uh, this summer, while I was playing beach volleyball, my ring has flown off my finger, lodged itself deep in the sand somewhere. The game was paused, we stopped, and we all started looking for this ring. And the craziest part of the 10 minutes of this search was that during that time, I was single again. And I thought, oh no, this is not, I'm looking for the ring, women are coming up, stop, stop. That's not what happened, It's not what happened. But that's not how it works, right? It's not married, single, married, single. The ring is a symbol, obviously. This is a tangible expression of an intangible reality. I'm not a jewelry guy, but I really care about this ring because I care about what it symbolizes. Baptism is one of the most important, one of the most celebrated symbols in the Christian faith. And today we're going to be seeing people undergo this, this public declaration of an internal reality. And we're going to take a few minutes to actually unpack, what is this? What are these people doing today? What are we doing when we get baptized? And how does this fit in to this whole scheme of redemption that God is working out all around us. So if you'd like to join me as we study this together, I'd invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3. The book of Matthew opens with the Christmas story. Jesus comes, he's born, the wise men come, and then after that they flee to Egypt and they come back, and several decades pass. And the cousin of Jesus, his name was John the Baptist. That might give you a clue as to the role that he plays in this story. He's baptizing people in the Jordan. People are coming and publicly saying, I'm choosing to follow God's ways and not mine. I will be immersed in the waters coming out, symbolizing the cleansing of sin that comes from God and the new life that we can have in him. This is when Jesus steps into the picture. So we're going to start in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you baptize me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. People were coming to be baptized as this public declaration of repentance, a turning from their ways to follow God. But why would Jesus need to be baptized if he was without sin? John the Baptist says, Hey, I don't need to baptize you. You should actually baptize me. And Jesus says, no, John, this is not something I need to do. This is something we need to do to fulfill all righteousness. Because these people were symbolizing their cleansing, the cleansing of sin by going in the water. And Jesus comes. The word became flesh, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. He comes and he is baptized into these waters. Sometimes you hear people joking about, oh, that's going to be a dirty tank after all those baptisms. There's a lot of sin in there. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> but Jesus is symbolizing how he is going to be baptized 
into the sin of his people. To put it simply, Jesus was baptized to identify with his people. Jesus comes and enters the water. Jesus comes and enters our sin to identify with us. Jesus was baptized to identify with his people. And even after the baptism, not only does he go down, but he comes out and the spirit descends like a dove and God declares, this is my son. I am well pleased with him. But the spirit coming as a dove, if you're kind of from a churchy background, that should remind you of Noah and the ark and the dove that comes after the waters, after the judgment of sin and the promise of new life to come. And Jesus is the beginning of this new creation, of God redeeming all things, of this broken world, of our broken hearts, our broken interactions with each other, our broken interactions with the world around us as a whole. And Jesus comes and he is pointing to the fact that one day God is gonna redeem and make all things new. And that day begins when Jesus comes. And this baptism is pointing towards his ultimate baptism when he will truly be baptized in the sin of all humanity. He says this in Luke 12, 15. He says, I have a baptism to be baptized with and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. He's symbolically pointing to the cross when one day he will be baptized into the sins of all people. So we will be baptized with Jesus in his righteousness because he was baptized into our sin. To put it again, Jesus was baptized to identify with his people. So when we're being baptized, what happens? Well, it's kind of the inverse. We are baptized to identify with Jesus. When we are coming into the waters, these people are saying, I am choosing to follow God. I'm trusting in Jesus to be my righteousness. It's not how good I am, but how good he is. It's not my perfection, but his perfection. It's not my life, but his life. It's not my righteousness, but his. There's an identification that happens here. Paul puts it like this in Romans 6, 3 and 4. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. This is what's being symbolized here. Just like a ring symbolizes a union. Baptism is I am dying to my old ways, the death I die with Jesus. And this new life is his life in me. The Apostle Paul in his book of Romans, he actually parallels this, what baptism is, with this whole arc of God delivering his people in the Old Testament. In Romans 5 and 6, he talks about how God gave this land to Abraham. But actually in Romans, uh, Romans chapter 5, he says, Jesus is the new Adam and he's coming to redeem all things. God isn't going to blow up the earth, take us off to heaven, and we're going to hang out with some cherubs in the clouds, but he's coming to redeem all things. So in Romans chapter 6, Paul says, just as God's people were redeemed and delivered from their slavery in Exodus, so too were you delivered from your slavery to sin. And they were delivered through the waters. And this is what you're symbolizing through your deliverance and baptism. In chapter 7, they come to Sinai and receive the law. And it's challenging because we, we can't keep it. Even though I want to do it, my heart seems to pull me in the other way. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? He says, thanks be to Jesus Christ. And Romans chapter 8 is the receiving of the Spirit as we journey on home to what God has for us. So now we can proclaim boldly alongside Galatians 2.20 when it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is what we proclaim. In 1 Corinthians 10, Paul once again draws this parallel between Exodus and baptism. Some people were brought out of their slavery in Egypt and they didn't really quite get what was going on. And he says, don't be like those people. You have been baptized, you have been delivered, symbolized through this descent and ascension from the water. Don't be like those people who were delivered from this sin and, and don't really get what's going on, but reckon unto yourself this salvation, this new life that you have that that old you has gone, that sin may still knock on the door, it may still scratch, it may still itch, it may taunt and whisper and tempt, but you're not a slave to that anymore. You're a new person, you have a new inheritance, you have a new identity, you have a new master, you have a new calling. These are the things that we have with baptism. So baptism is serious, but it's celebratory. This is not some light, trivial thing, but we are proclaiming through our actions and our gathering that Christ is making all things new, inch by inch, person by person, redeeming all things back to him. And today we just get a taste of what our eternity will be. So let's summarize this once again. Today we are seeing that Jesus was baptized to identify with his people, and we are baptized to identify with Jesus. So we're gonna pray and then we're gonna start hearing these testimonies of how God works through all these different places and people and times and spaces and we will witness this baptism today. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for baptism, for what it symbolizes. That death is dead, that sin has no power over us anymore because of the life, death and resurrection of your son, Jesus. Help us to remember this. May we reckon this unto ourselves, not acting like people who are still slaves to sin, but God, we have your righteousness because of what Christ has done. Fill us with the joy of heaven today, the celebrations that are happening when another person comes back to you. May we get a taste of eternity today in these moments. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Would you look to the screen? I was born and raised in a loving Catholic family baptized under my parents' faith, and had my confirmation in elementary. Despite all these, there was still this feeling of detachment from God that I could not pinpoint until later in life. Where going to church on Sunday felt like a task I had to complete for the week. Life before truly knowing Jesus was lonely. I was surrounded by my loving family and friends. Still, there was this void that I felt in my heart, a missing piece that no matter how hard I tried to ignore or satiate through worldly things that I thought would give me joy or peace made me realize how hollow I've become. It came to a point where I felt stuck in a loop, a cycle where I would just wake up, do what needs to be done, go home and relive it all over again. It felt like I had no purpose, that I had strayed too far away from the path I was supposed to take, and that there is no turning back. I have distanced myself from God slowly ever since I moved to Canada, relying on my own strength rather than God's. I met Jesus at my worst. A point in my life where putting up a facade became easier than telling someone what I was going through, where depression was slowly creeping in and making itself a part of my life, and when hopelessness was a constant. I met Jesus as I was attending Baby Glen for the first time. Not knowing what it would be like compared to a Catholic Mass, I went in with no expectations. That's when I felt God's warm embrace. I knew He was always there and that He had never left me. That encounter gave me hope that there is more to life. Even though I had a lot of shortcomings, God never left my side. 
It was working in my life even when I didn't realize it. I thought that the silence during my tribulations was God's way of ignoring me since I had pushed him away, but I was mistaken. The challenges that I faced were merely a way for God to shake me into the person that I truly am, rather than punishment for the things that I have done wrong. On Christmas of 2021, I surrendered myself to God. My focus was solely on God for the first time in a long time. I poured out my heart to God, removing that wall of separation that I built for myself. After I've given myself fully to God, and as I started to follow Jesus, I see everything in color rather than just black and white. I no longer felt the separation between me and God, that I can communicate with Him more freely than I did before. I am noticing more of God's hand in everything around me, no matter how big or small. My trust in God's plan has been strengthened, for God knows what is good for me and that He had already set plans for my life. I am getting baptized today to profess my inner confession. I am declaring that I am following Jesus through my own accord and faith. I have given my life to be of service to the Lord. By getting baptized, I hope to show and encourage others to follow Jesus and that it's never too late to do 